one billion years in the future, Earth still exists, though maybe not as we imagine it. Eras upon bygone eras worth of technology have been left behind by eight previous and fallen civilizations. It is now up to the denizens of the Ninth World to piece together what was left behind. Perhaps they're looking to carve out their place in the world, or simply to survive a land riddled with weird and unearthly dangers. Or perhaps still, they just wish to learn and uncover the secrets of the Numenera. Whatever it is this new era of adventurers and heroes is looking to discover, they'll have to dig through the imprinted echoes of the past to find it. An amnesis. Noun. The recollection or remembrance of the past. Reminiscence. Hello, and welcome to Imprinted Echoes, a family-friendly Numenera actual play podcast. My name is Zan, and I'll be your GM. Thank you for joining us today, and as always, we hope you're staying safe and healthy. In order to find out where these Tarza are coming from, venturing into the woods is absolutely the next step. But the fact that night has fallen makes everything a bit more complicated and definitely a lot creepier. Blood-sucking swarms are diverted, clues are tracked down, and origins are uncovered. Join us as Nehemiah, Smallrin, and Jory brave the dark forest. Meeting up outside of the Crimson Inn, you all make the decision, rather than leaving town altogether, you make the decision to head into the forest tonight to see if you can find the source of these creatures, these Tarza, as they've started to be called to try and figure out who it is that knows the Cinemar duplicates are here and is trying to eliminate or contain or in some way stop them. The sun is just dipping below the horizon and the long golden rays of light are now illuminating the forest on the edge of this village. There is that knee-high stone wall that kind of creates a vague separation between Mirith and the forest and a well-traveled, but not in any way paved or upkept path that goes through a small gap in that wall and into the woods. The light still kind of filters through for the first couple hundred feet or so, but before Obin left to go lay a false trail, he had kind of gone around and just done a quick survey of the area and had mentioned that this is a dense forested area, that it very quickly became something that was not devoid of light, but very dark, very thicketed with a really dense canopy. So it doesn't take long before you have to take out torches and glow globes to light your way. How do you go about looking in the forest? Are we just kind of going straight in and hoping you run across something? Are you looking to go in a particular pattern? Is there anything specifically you're trying to look for? Are you tracking something? When we were attacked, I'm trying to remember whether we tried to follow that track at all. You did not. Okay. I mean, you could look at that. Like, I would say that you have memory of what the tracks looked like, but you did not try to follow it at okay. all. I think that's probably the first thing Smallrin recommends is like, we we know these things are coming from somewhere and that was where we encountered one. So maybe we go back and see if there's enough of a trail to follow. It'd be like half a day's journey back out that way. Okay. But you could go back out 
towards that way to see if you can find anything that was in the area. Yeah, maybe we kind of head roughly in like on a diagonal kind of towards to see if we can intercept that path. Yeah, go ahead and anyone who might be looking for those tracks or any sort of signs uh, of those things, if you want to make a roll for that, it will be a level four. Intellect base, if you have anything with survival, tracking. Perception? Yeah. Cool. Success with a 15. Success with Mm -hmm. a 19. Ooh, with an 11. After a little while, you do kind of reach another edge to the forest, and you do eventually find some tracks that very much look like the ones that you found out when you got attacked. Jory, you got a 19, minor effect. Any thoughts on what you'd like that to be, or would you like a suggestion? Suggestion, I think, in this case. So these tracks are going into the forest, and as you guys follow it a little while longer, you see them pick up pace, like go from like being a slow walk to clearly like a gallop. A little while longer, you see another set of tracks that it seems to be chasing. Are they the same type? No, and they're not human. It's clearly another animal. Look, do you see it? You get it, right? I'm like 80% of the way there. (laughs) It's chasing something. Yes, but... I thought that these were specifically meant only to attack these parasites. Maybe it's got to eat something. That's what makes it so fascinating, though. Do the tracks look big enough? The other tracks, are they big enough that it could be some kind of mount animal? Could be. Okay. So this could be someone on probably not a horse, but like an anine or something like that. It is like a hoofed thing. If you want to try to identify it, it'll be an intellect level five. But if you have like some, again, tracking, nature, animal handling type stuff. I do not, but I'll take a stab at it. Small Rin's a city girl, so this might not go well. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> that is a GM intrusion failure. Amazing. She Amazing. is such a city girl, it hurts. Literally. Um, oh, no. You... You are trying to identify these tracks. Like, the shape of them might seem a little familiar. It's not unlike something like a cow type or cattle creatures. You try smelling it, like you get really down into it to see if you can like get some sort of scent off of it. And as you do that, you hear, all of you, hear a screech from overhead and As you like hold torches and glow globes up, you see a mass of little wings and screeching calls just swarming towards you, like little bats kind of going everywhere. And they all swoop down. uh, And Smallrun, I need you to make a speed defense level five. Ooh, all right. Would I potentially be able to use my uh, overcoming fear, intimidation, or panic? Sure. I say this is a panicky moment and, you know, a bunch of flying creatures coming right towards your face. Success with a 16. Okay. You are able to duck down and try to get out of the way as they all kind of swoop down as this large swarm and kind of swing off to the side again, curling back up into the sky, into the treetops. All of you now see these in this moment. Anyone else, uh, I'll say Jory or Nehemiah, smaller not in the moment because you're kind of freaked out by what's going on. That's fair. You know these as drebbles. They are small bat-like creatures. They have these big, grotesque 
red wings, kind of like a wrinkled, leathery bat face. And they are really drawn to consuming human blood. Which is, you know, just such an enchanting aspect to any creature's personality. Usually, unless they are like specifically trying to feed, which they could be in this scenario, they will also not initiate an attack unless it's defending a lair or nest. Oh no. And you all can see about five of them that are swooping and diving around. Okay. Let's everybody roll initiative. I have a 19. I have an eight. I have a 17. Everyone goes before the dribbles. Ooh. Smallrin's definitely going to whip out that spear that she keeps toting around mm -hmm. just to have something with some reach to it and basically get relatively low, get kind of against a tree and keep the point of the spear between her and the bat things until they start making a real attack because... She's a serene person. She doesn't want to be just wailing around in the air. <laughs> <laughs> All right. You kind of get yourself up against a tree and try to keep yourself safe for a moment. Nehemiah, Jory. Oh, I'm going to take my stuff from my back and say, get ready to play dribble ball. And I'm going to choke it up and I'm going to swing. <laughs> like you're hitting a baseball. Like I'm hitting a ball. Go ahead and roll me that might attack. It's going to be a level four. 17. That's plus one damage. You do four damage normally, right? With your staff yes. as a medium weapon. That's so you do a total of five. You make contact with one and it kind of goes like spiraling out of control. It doesn't die necessarily. It doesn't hit the ground, but it just kind of like veer off from the rest of them. Why am I picturing like a helicopter, like yep. spinning out of control <laughs> with smoke Correct. coming out? Mayday, yes, mayday. exactly. Yes, that is exactly what it kind of looks like. Oh, that's fun. Nehemiah. I'll attack one of the ones that are still in the group with us. Cool. Level four. Level four. That'll be might. Might. Okay. We will roll. That's a natural oh. 20 with a major effect. Awesome. Oh, yes. So that will absolutely get rid of one of them. Like yep. you just like slice it in two. Absolutely mm -hmm. done. What would you like your major effect to be? Um, I would like, as I kill it, I want the body to collide into another one and send it spiraling off in another direction. <laughs> absolutely. In fact, I will even say that it hit it hard enough to like deal two damage yeah. to that um, as it kind of like pushes it off away from the main group, still in the area, but not mm -hmm. immediately with the swarm. So now there are two kind of off on their own, two together. Unlike Smolrin, Brex does just start swinging wildly <laughs> with uh, their mall trying to connect with any of these and ends up hitting and just kind of like obliterating the one that Jory had hit. It is gone. It is not in existence anymore. <laughs> Drubble bits everywhere. It is an ex-drubble. <laughs> the two that are in the, the kind of group now together are going to kind of swoop down again, trying to get to Smallrin. They like something about the way you smell, apparently. And now that there's only two of them together, that swarm stuff doesn't have a problem any longer. So it is going to be a level three that I'm going to have you make a speed defense for. That is a success with a 16. Absolutely. Whether or not you're able to duck out of the way or kind of keep them at arm's length with the spear, how do you evade them? As they're kind of dive bombing, Smallrin's able to kind of not like hit to hurt, but like bat one of them away and duck out of the way of the other one. Absolutely. The third one that was kind of off on its own is trying to like circle around and meet up with the other group and does not have a chance to attack anyone. Your turns again. I think that 
rather than attempting to engage with them, knowing they are probably protecting some sort of nest, I want to roll perception and try to use my ogre orb to like see if I can spot what we need to move away from. Yeah, absolutely. Mm. What am I rolling against? Level three. Success with a 15. Nice. You quickly scan the area and you know that these are going to be nests that are high up. They're flying creatures. You see something that would be kind of akin to like what you would assume like a squirrel nest would be, mm -hmm. kind of like a section in the tree with leaves and brush and things kind of close to the trunk that looks like it would be some sort of layer. Okay. Is it the tree we're currently under? Yes. Okay. Yes, it is. Cool. Um, so yeah. Um, the reason they're angry is because we're directly under their nest. I'm going to start heading that way. And she's going to carefully but confidently move in the direction of the tracks they were following, um, moving away from the tree. <laughs> mm -hmm. You start moving that way. Yep. And with the spear still very much between her and the blood sucking things. Yes. Very good. Jory, Nehemiah? I will cover our exit. So, Jory, you can go ahead. I'll be next to you, Nehemiah, mm -hmm. backing up with my patented spinning staff move. <laughs> <laughs> I will start backing away, following Small Wren, and mm -hmm. if any come after us, I will attack out. Okay, you start heading that way. Mm -hmm. This is not dire enough a situation that Brex has gone, like, full black visor. Yeah. These were easy enough to dispatch. It's kind of more of a problematic situation rather than a dangerous one. So they also follow being near Nehemiah in case anything happens. As you continue to move away, they do kind of continue to swoop after you, but noticing that you are on the exit, the farther away you get, the less they are trying to follow you. Mm -hmm. And after about a hundred feet or so, they circle back and go back to what you assume is their nest and leave you be. Mm -hmm. <sighs> all right. Well, could have gone worse. Could have. Everyone all right? Yeah. All my blood's in the right place. <laughs> all of it. That's a good day for you. <laughs> How do we not happen upon those again? It's so hard to see them, especially in the dark. Well, I mean, this is the risk we took coming in here, Nat. We are in a forest at night. There are going to be a lot of things we can't see until they find us. Comforting. Mm. Best to be careful. In fact, as you say that, oh no. <laughs> oh no. What do we do? You hear a howl. A howl that you all easily recognize. Something you've faced before and something that you have probably seen individually. You hear the howl of a broken hound. Oh, oh, okay. Mm. Oh, it's been a minute. The busted puppies are back. The busted oh, puppies no. are back. Whoa. Oh, no. Going into the woods was just our equivalent of walking into a dungeon, wasn't it? We're just gonna have to <laughs> room yes. through, room by yep. room, fight mm -hmm. through all the horrors. Yep. I feel like I'm in Simon's quest and I just walked off screen into the, the forest. <laughs> There we go. Uh, thank you. What a pole. <laughs> also, these broken puppies are so far from home. What do you mean? Oh, well, I'm looking at the thing. It says they dwell in dry wastes and temperate lowlands and are rarely found in the mountains. What are you doing in the woods, pups? They are lost. Oh, it is like Castlevania, where they just hoard all the different monsters from different mythologies and pile <laughs> Actually, them all yeah, in I'm, place. I'm willing to blame this on whoever's been sending the, the what's-its <laughs> against the thingamawoos. <laughs> the what's-its against the thingamawoos. I, I love me a good thingamawoo. Uh, <laughs> the Halloween spooktacular. 
Also, yeah, this is I I know this is going to be released later, but we are recording two days before Halloween, which feels appropriate. Yes, a forested area would be considered a temperate lowland in the in the foothills of a mountain. But yes, blame it on whoever you like. I'm blaming it on whoever that person is. They seem to have brought just like a menagerie of vicious animals to this forest. And I would like to have words with them. Are you providing them with enough enrichment? What are you doing to the local ecology? Pretty good enclosure, though. But what's this doing to the local prey population? I have questions. (laughs) That is fair. Brought an invasive species into a delicate ecosystem. Yeah, you hear the howl of a broken hound, and it is definitely coming from the direction of the tracks. How do you proceed? Do we, though? (laughs) I was going to say, (laughs) carefully. Hmm. It's the direction we're moving, right? It seems to be from ahead of us. Um, Is it just one, or does it, like, cascade into multiple howls? You heard one howl. Okay. But they do travel in packs, generally. They do. Well, see, now I'm sad because I feel like maybe it's by itself. Anybody else? No, probably just me. I don't know why I asked that. (laughs) Does anybody remember the best way of fighting these? I mean, poke it till it stops moving, right? Well, you're not wrong. And let's just try and lie low. Keep moving. Maybe they won't see us. All right. I'll also throw out there. I know I am, but how good are the two of you at climbing? There are a lot of trees. In a pinch, I can make it work. So say, Nehemiah was an acrobat. You know that he's probably I know. pretty yeah. good at climbing. And I have enthusiasm. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Brex kind of slowly just shakes their head. Yeah. To be honest, Brex, no offense. I'm less concerned about you. Broken hounds want flesh, not Numenera. They shrug. Well, continue in that direction and be prepared to flee to the trees. Sounds good to me. Mm-hmm. I myself wore chameleon skin to just be sort of a dark tree bark color. Yeah, Ooh, absolutely. Nice. You see Jory's skin kind of change into that rough, mottled looking color of the trees. Nehemiah holds up his cloaking pin. <laughs> I got this right here. I could go ahead and pop mm-hmm. this, kind of run ahead. It'll make me silent and invisible, so shouldn't be able to track me. I could see kind of what's up ahead, scout for us, and then be back here pretty quick. It's not a bad idea. Not often that I need to be the snaky one, but uh, I am the fastest one, I think, so uh, I could go ahead and see what's going on. I'll be right back. That works for you all. Sounds good to me. If you aren't back in a few minutes, I'll come looking for you. All right. Be right back. And yeah, Nehemiah has a metal disc that has been made into a lapel pin, and he gives it the reboot tap and activates. (laughs) God, reboot. Right? Wow. I was obsessed with that show as a kid. It was real good. And we wonder why I love (laughs) sci-fi and cyberpunk. And for the sake of doing this as efficiently as possible, I am also going to pop my obstacle running Mm. for three speed, which means for the next minute, I ignore obstacles that slow my movement, allowing me to travel at normal speed through areas of rubble fences, uh, tables, and similar objects that you would have to climb over and move around. Basically, I want to be one with the forest. Yes. (laughs) You tap that pin and you all, Nehemiah just kind of 
disappears as though there's been something like thrown over the top of him like a piece of cloth. Moving very fast and not making a single misstep, leaping over logs and bypassing trees and rocks, you quickly make your way towards where the sound of the Broken Hounds is. You can see their glowing eyes from a little farther distance before you actually see anything about their bodies. I assume you don't take your glow globe with you so no. that you are hidden. Yep. It takes you a little while, like pretty close up before you can actually see the details of what's happening here. But there are six broken hounds. Mm -hmm. You were correct, Smaller, and they do travel in packs. And they are surrounding the carcass of a large hoofed animal. Mm. I don't suppose I know what kind of hoofed animal this is. It's kind of hard to tell in the dark. You can see that it has some sort of pig-like, like porcine face, like there's tusks and like a snout. Mm -hmm. Go ahead and roll. It'll be intellect level five. Perception? Yeah, I'll keep that. Cool. 19. You're trying to like rack your brain in terms of what this could be. You're like, this could be anything. There's so many different animals that are like hog-like out mm -hmm. here. But as the broken hounds are kind of like scavenging off this carcass, you kind of take a look at its back and you see bare bald area on, on its back and shoulders. Something where like no fur seems to be growing. And that tips you off. This is a cadron, a large shaggy-like boar beast, large head, kind of looks very wild hog-like. But on its back, there is some sort of fungal growth that this creature has, and it is a symbiotic union of this creature and a fungus. Mm. The large animal provides like food and mobility for it, but the fungus then also boosts the intelligence and uh, abilities of the animal. So like technically separate entities, but they are always seen together. Gotcha. Interesting. Okay. I got a minor effect on that roll. Yeah. Can I see which directions the tracks go mm. past the broken hounds? Yeah. Um, kind of like past this creature and like definitely deeper into the center of the forest. You can you can follow them. Okay, so I could potentially lead us around this clearly distracted bunch of broken puppies yes. and uh, get us back on track. Absolutely. Bet. Cool. Logging all of that. I head back. Hopefully, you know, get back just as the uh, cloak is wearing off. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And that's also when my obstacle running wears off. It's like, all right, they're having a snack right now. So we can just kind of slip around them, I think. I've figured out where the tracks are going. So just follow me and Lalo. We don't bug them. Don't get too close. They shouldn't bother us. Righto. Do you tell them what it was you found? Uh, yeah, I, I, I would let them know. Just kind of as we're moving forward. Yeah, Nehemiah, like, doesn't think twice about it, because, like, yeah, these things are found together. It's fine. Like, it's weird. Well, doesn't just, like it. Does but. that so, mean... What was chasing it? It was the things, right? It's possible that they're trained to go after any sort of parasitic or symbiotic relationship. They may That's not be oh. well-trained enough to tell the difference. Oh, yeah. That might be it. I was just thinking that thing got hungry, you know, took a couple of nibbles and then went back on it. I don't know how many types of creatures there are, you know, these duplicates. But did you see if there was any sign of a rider? No. You did not notice any other tracks? No, nothing. Nehemiah, you start leading folks around where that carcass was and where the broken hounds were pretty successfully and are able to join back up with where the trail of the creature, the Tarza, uh -huh. picked back up. 
Uh, and you, you follow that for a good little while. This forest is not huge, but it is dense enough that moving through it is not a fast scenario. Mm-hmm. Using that obstacle skill definitely allowed you to move quickly, but it is not something that you can just kind of like casually walk through. There's a lot of stepping over things and around things and trying to get through large areas of brush. Although continuing slowly, it is not hard to continue following the tracks of this creature. It clearly is not meant to cover its tracks or be stealthy in any way. It is kind of just like very casually walking through all this underbrush and and this area. As you continue, you start to hear sounds. This time, it's kind of like a strange gurgling, kind of like squelchy, gurgly, squishy. Um, And you, you notice that kind of the trees are not quite as dense. They're starting to thin out a little bit. There's not as much underbrush. You might be approaching a clearing uh-huh. of some kind. I assume you continue forward. Yep. Yeah. You know, okay. Eyes up, but yeah. As you approach this clearing, just in time to view a very strange looking contraption. Like there are three dome looking machines that have some sort of like flap-looking door on the front, and as you approach, you see some sort of, like, sack. Squishy, organic sack of something kind of, like, spill out from one of these domes. Wriggling and moving on the ground, breaking from it, like, almost like tearing it open in kind of this wet, gooey mess. You see another Tarza emerge and kind of shake itself off of whatever viscous liquid was keeping it in there, and it runs off into the woods. Huh. I'm sorry, is that a Tarza machine? And does anybody have a wrench? If anyone was going to have a wrench, Jory, it would be you. I think I do. <laughs> you you absolutely you do have do. a wrench. You've got Pretty an sure you have a little, pack of tools. I was going to say, I feel like you have an entire little, like, the painter's roll for brushes, but it's all just differently <laughs> sized wrenches. That's true. You all sit here for a moment, kind of just like, not quite sure how to approach the fact that you just saw a machine essentially spew forth some sort of embryonic sack that then a creature emerged out of. The liquid and goo that were there kind of like very quickly dissolve and kind of just seep into the ground and the flap on the machine closes um, as you're pretty sure you just found a Tarza generator. Happy Halloween. <laughs> You're right. <laughs> Thank you so much for listening to episode 108 of Imprinted Echoes and Amnesis. As always, if you'd like to follow the podcast on social media, you can find us on X and Facebook at Imprinted Echoes and our website, imprintedechoes.com. On our website, you can find links to the Ghostlight Media merch store and our Patreon if you're able to help us out monetarily. And on that note, I'd like to thank Xander, Elliot, and Keith for their continued support. If you'd like to help us out in other ways, please take a moment to subscribe to the podcast, leave us a rating and review, and tell a friend about the show. And of course, you can find our hosts on X as well, myself at Covered in Sawdust, Chase at TQ Loudly, 
Rin at Rin underscore Moran, and Bridget at Really Bridget. And be sure to follow our network, Ghostlight Media, at GLM Pods. We're also considering a switch over to Blue Sky soon, so keep an eye out for us there as well. Thanks once again for listening, and I hope you'll be back in two weeks to hear yet another episode of Imprinted Echoes. And until then, may your ciphers never malfunction. Imprinted Echoes is produced by Zan Campbell-Johannes and Chase Greenley, and is edited by Alex Berkowitz. Original show theme music is by Justin Longacre. This has been a Ghost Light Media production.